0: Good morning, or afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. It's currently morning for me, but turning afternoon. The date is August 13th. Happy new month. I'm so happy to be here with you all and the time is exactly 11:57 a.m. That is Eastern time, but of course, it is going to be afternoon shortly. Um, but nevertheless, I'm so happy to be here with you all, and I'm just so grateful that God has given me yet again another day, and you all another day, just to be here in his presence, to learn his words, to study his words, and just to grow in faith, um but yeah I'm so sorry y'all I've had a really busy week and I did tell you all prior to my last recording that I had plans to record on the 6th of August but I did go on a retreat that day and I knew like I thought I was going to record that was my plans but I just knew that you know I had plans to record and obviously it didn't go as planned because it was just so powerful the retreat was awesome amazing and it was in Virginia so I got home pretty late because it was really far from like where I live and so I got home maybe like around 11 going to 12 and I was just very drained on Saturday um drained emotionally spiritually but in a good way like you know when you're just overwhelmed by the presence of God that was the feeling I had where it's like I really just needed time to ponder and to think about everything I had like learned and you know um God told me and so forth and so so Forgive me for not recording, but here we are today, and I hope you all are having a good month. You know, like I said, happy new month. We haven't spoken since. I hope the month has been going well for you all, and uh, it's so crazy how fast the month goes. Like, it's literally August 13th. I feel like August 1st was literally yesterday, and here we are on the 13th of the month. Um, You know, it just reminds me, this is not even what I plan to talk about, but it always reminds me of how God says life is better breath. We're here today and gone tomorrow. I think it says it in Ecclesiastes or um, it's a proverb, something like that. But anyways, that just, it's scary to think about that, right? Life is so short and fleeting. It might look like our days are long. It might look like our years are long because if you know you're 30, 40, 50s, whatever, you can say, wow, I've lived a long, long time, which is very true in the human realm. But in the spiritual realm, life is but a breath right times and seasons are changing and honestly our hundreds of days or hundreds of years are like a second to god you know i don't know for sure but that's what the bible tells me and so it's really interesting just to see how fast time goes and because of time going by so fast we need to pay attention to seasons that we're in and we need to pay attention that we aren't delaying our purpose we aren't delaying the things that god has asked us to do but that we're being um we're being careful, and that's a waste of times, right? We're being diligent. I think that's the word I was, I was looking for. We're being diligent to use our time wisely and to use um, this time to grow closer to God, to know God, and to also know why he has us here on earth. And if you know, then be diligent to start doing that purpose, you know? Don't say, I'm going to wait till tomorrow, just like we talked about in the salvation um, audio. Don't say you're going to wait till tomorrow to get saved or wait till today or whatever. You never know when that time that is fleeting is going to end or when God is going to call that time to stop, you know, so really just using our time wisely, because like I said, it's already August 13th, and I feel like it was just the first, literally yesterday, time just goes by, Um, but nevertheless, I hope you all have been doing well, I've been doing so good, the retreat, like I said, was very powerful, Um, hopefully I will talk about it um, in another audio, but it was just just a lot, like, just, just, I'm overwhelmed to even think about it, It was just amazing, and I'm just so thankful that God allowed me to experience such a blessing and um, to show me his face in such a different way, to remind me of his promises again, you know, because God is a God who speaks. Our God is alive. His words are active and alive, and he speaks to us each and every single day. It's just really our duty to listen, to be paying attention, to be present in his presence. And so, um, yeah, anyways, let's just open up in prayer so I can start speaking about what I have planned to speak on today. Okay, well Heavenly Father, we just wanna say hello. We thank you so much for allowing us to be here, God, um, for yet again another day, another month, another season. We're so grateful for the things that you do, God, both physical and spiritual, God. We so we praise you, Lord God, and we just can't thank you enough for who you are. You're such a loving God, a kind God, a sweet God, a patient God, and we don't deserve you, God, but we're so grateful that you chose us sinners and to die on the cross for us to give us eternal life through you God we're so thankful Lord God and we just ask that you be with us always we ask that we get to see your face as you say in the Bible when we draw near to you you would draw nearer to us God so let us seek and desire your face let us seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness God and when we do that we know that all things will be added onto us according to your goodwill and your purpose God we thank you that we serve a powerful God a mighty God an awesome everlasting and ever-living God Lord, we invite you into the session, Lord. May your spirit speak through me. I am only a vessel, God. May your words go out and bear good fruits into the hearts and souls of those listening, God. Let them use this word to go transform and bless the nations father god help me to to use this word to do the same god um as this is a important word that i tend to forget that most of us might forget god but just let it be a fresh word a fresh reminder and a fresh um encouragement to actually step out and do the things that you've called us to do it's in jesus most holy and mighty name we pray amen okay y'all so today I'm gonna be reading a very, 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 very popular common verse, but just literally analyzing it from a a different way, right so um yeah this this might not be for y'all, but this is for me for sure. I know that this is for me and. If this message is not for you all, I know that God needed to speak this through me and maybe this is why I'm recording this too so I can go back and listen to this in times when I feel like I'm not living according to these standards, you know? Um, And I'm sure someone else would benefit. Hopefully, I pray that someone else benefits and a lot of people benefit. Um, But if anything, I know that God is doing this work in me and through me and this is something that I just just i was doing my study time literally right now and i was like wow i need to share this because we read this so often we hear this so often but do we put it in practice i don't i don't most of the times so i know for a fact i don't and so i just want to encourage us that this is so so important that we put into practice and so what am i referring to i'm referring to love right i'm going to reach a very common verse in of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it goes, love is patient, love is kind, all of that. But then what I want to do is just break everything down and say, okay, ask questions, right? I want to ask questions to get our minds thinking, are we actually living this First uh, Corinthians chapter 13 type of love? I know that there's a love that God has and we honestly could not do it because we're human beings, but we can strive to do it. We can strive to become that. What I mean by we can't do it is that we cannot be perfect in every single aspect, but it's important that we try because this is the love that God has for us. His love is patient. His love is kind. His love is eternal and everlasting. And so how much more does he require us to give this love to other people? I think of um, in, that, in the New Testament when that the Pharisees are asking God, like, oh, what is the greatest commandments? You know, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And the second is just as great. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So God requires that we first love him as everything we love him with everything as everything with all that we have we love God first that is the most first and former greatest commandment and the second is equally just as great that we love first ourselves you can't love others unless you love yourself and I don't think you can love yourself unless you have the love of God in you you know and you truly understand how God loves you then you start to love yourself because we as human beings I'm sure we all have flaws I'm sure we all have things that we don't really like about ourselves like you know, about our upbringing, whatever. Um, but when we know that God loves us, sinners, humans, that we see our nasty private selves, the the, the ugly sides that we, we have of us, but God still loves us, that just gives us a humility to love ourselves because like, wow, such a great, powerful, mighty God can love a person like me. Like, I'm not deserving of love, but if God loves me, then why can't I love myself? And it's only when you begin to love yourself truly, fully, and wholly that you can love your neighbor because trust me if you don't love yourself you would never see the beauty in in anyone else if you don't love yourself you'd never be kind to anyone else because you're always mean to yourself and it's going to be hard for you to love and to be genuinely kind and nice to other people but anyways this is just such a powerful message that you know we hear it all the time in like weddings and just casually we say it but do we really think about it do we really analyze to say god am I this love? Do I exhibit this love? Do I possess this love? And am I giving this love to other people? Um, So like I said, I want to read this and just break it down and just show you all more of how we should live as Christians, how God calls us to exemplify this love, not just in our day-to-day life, but then to those around us, those that we know and those that we don't know. Because guess what? God calls us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Who are your neighbors? Your neighbors are anyone. They're those that live near you, those that live across the globe, those that you get in contact with—your your coworkers or your neighbors. You know, um, anyone in this world is who God calls us to love. Because love is a—it's a—it's not a feeling of like, right? Because like is like you choose to like people. It's like oh, I like this person or I don't like that dress or whatever. But with love, it's like it's something that God just requires us to have. And why does he require that? Because he gave it to us. Do we pay for it? Of course not. He gave it to us freely. And since he gave it to us freely, we need to give that love to others just as freely. It's hard, trust me, it's hard. Oh my gosh. That's why I said I need this word because uh I truly struggle with this aspect you know i I have love but when you break down how corinthians says love is because and let me just read the google definition i found of today's society's love right it says an intense feeling of deep affection a great interest and pleasure in something feel deep affection for someone like or enjoy very much so that is what um i guess dictionary.com defines love as but how does God define love? It's so intense. It's so deep. It's so, um, so hard <laughs> for lack of a better term. It's really hard, <laughs> but nevertheless, y'all let's go ahead and read this awesome, amazing word It's going to be in first Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to read, the. Uh, I think I'm gonna just do, yeah, one to eight. And then I'll jump to 13 to close out the chapter, but then I'm going to, okay, first I'm going to read the whole thing, but then I'm going to touch on each thing that they said love is if that makes sense but you all get it if you don't get it just just yeah and just wait around (laughs) and it'll make sense but anyways let me just read the first one right uh first Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 to 8 and then we're gonna jump to 13 okay so it reads from the NIV version and yet I will show you the most excellent way if I speak in the tongues of men I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres and then i'm just going to read this little part of um, verse 8 love never fails then we're going to jump to 13 and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest amongst all of these is love Wow. (sighs) What an awesome word. But okay, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down everything from verse 4 and a little bit of 8, right? Talking about what love is. So the Bible first starts by saying love is patient. So I want to ask you all a question. Do you have grace to others? Do you endure with them? That's what patience means, right? Are we patient with other people or do we um, have impatience towards them? It says love is kind. Are we nice to people? Are we good to them? Are we loving? Are we gentle? Because the Bible says that we need to be kind. That is how we demonstrate love, through kindness. How do we treat our neighbors? How do we treat the poor? How do we treat those that are from a different background, a different race than us? How do we treat our families? How do we treat our spouse? How do we treat our children? Are we nice to them? Are we gentle with them? It says love does not envy. Am I happy for others' gifts and success without hating on them? Do I, do I have a jealousy for other people's gifts? Do I secretly wish bad on other people? Love does not envy. We have to have a genuine, pure heart for others and be happy when they're successful. Be happy when they have great gifts, even when we don't have those gifts. Even when we don't have those great uh, um, blessings that they have. We should not envy the people that we love. That's how we show love. Love does not boast. Am I proud, prideful? Do I think I'm better than others? Right? If we love, then we don't boast. Love is humility. Love is putting others before yourself. Love isn't proud. Am I self-exalting? Or do I think I'm better than others? When you're proudful in love, it means that you think you're better than other people. You think that no one is as great as you. You're boastful. You're proud. You know, you have your shoulders up there. I'm like doing that example right now. (laughs) You all can't see me, but that's just like the example I'm doing to show that. When people are proud and they're boastful, they walk with their head up high and they act like, oh, I'm better than you. That's not how we show love. It says, love does not dishonor. Am I respectful to others? Do I treat them well? Women, do we respect our husbands? Husbands, do we respect our wives? Because it goes both ways. I know men need respect and women need love, but love is respect, right? Do we respect our boss? Do we respect our children even? Because sometimes parents think that, oh, I'm older than you. I don't have to respect you. No, we have to respect them. Children, do we respect our parents? Do we respect our friends? we respect our job and the time that they give us right or are we working and um, maybe sleeping during work hours browsing on the computer during work hours i know we can all be guilty of those things but that is how we show respect for others and we do that through loving we don't dishonor love isn't self-seeking am i only concerned about me and put me first is it only me 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 or is it them you us and we Because when you love somebody, you aren't self-seeking. Instead, you're selfless. You put others' needs before you. You're concerned about the needs of others. You wake up today, how can I please my spouse? How can I take care of my children? How can I, you know, exceed in my job? How can I help my friends out that need me? how can I put God first? How can I seek God? Although I'm tired to wake up today, but guess what? I'm going to seek God and put him first despite my tiredness, despite my laziness. Love is not self-seeking. We put others before us to show that we love them. That doesn't mean we deprive ourselves. That doesn't mean we put ourselves down. Of course not. But that means that we are careful to consider the needs of others to make sure that yes we're good but then how can we also give our time and ourselves to others without of course neglecting ourselves but making sure that others are just as important as so are we as i've read that scripture we have to love others as we love ourselves if you can care for yourself and love yourself and treat yourself well how much more can you do for your neighbor how much more can you do for your family your friends you know love isn't easily angered am i quick to get angry with others am i quick to get irritated am i quick to get frustrated with others yeah i am sometimes i'm not gonna lie i am sometimes this is an area that i need to work on i get irritated easily that is not a way i show love that's not love if i'm quick to get angry with other people but love is patient right love doesn't get angry love is humility Love is gentle. But when we easily get angry, we're frustrated with our kids, we're frustrated with our spouse. That is not how we show the godly love that God requires all of us to give to our neighbors. Love keeps no records of wrong. Am I quick to forgive others? Or do I hold grudges with others? Right? Um, it was so funny because the other day my um, pastor's wife was... Or my pastor, she is... My pastor, um, they pastor together, the husband and wife. But... The wife was saying that, are we quick to forgive, right? And I said, yes, I'm quick to forgive. But she says, do I bring up things from the past? And I say, yes, I'm guilty of that. That is not me not keeping records of wrongs, right? There's one thing to be able to forgive someone quickly. But when a situation happens again, do we bring it up? And if we do bring it up, guess what? We're holding records of wrong." Because when we hold records of wrong, it means that we keep a list of things that people have done bad to us. And whenever they do something similar, we regress to that negative thought, to that negative feeling. That is me keeping records of wrong. That is not how we show godly love. Because God says that love does not keep any records of wrongs. Love truly forgives, truly moves on, does not hold grudges, does not keep each other hold by leash because imagine if God kept records of our wrongs oh my God imagine that that would be the worst thing ever for me personally I'm sure for you all too because if God can truly forgive us and he doesn't even look at what we did yesterday when we apologize to God God is not gonna say well I remember you did that yesterday but you're still apologizing today No, we serve a God who is a forgiving God, a God who does not keep any records of wrongs. So how much more can we strive to do this for others, for ourselves? Because I know there's some people who don't forgive themselves, who keep records of wrongs against themselves. God says, let it go. Freely forgive, freely move on. It's hard. It's so hard. Trust me, it's very, very hard. But these are the requirements that God is asking us to amplify or um, follow after him, right? Jesus did all these things. And who's Jesus? He's our shepherd. And he's also a great example of how we are called to live this walk with Christ. Love doesn't delight in evil. Am I happy when others are harmed? Am I happy when others are hurt? Or do I feel sad? If we secretly gloat when others are in or in um, trials. If we secretly secretly gloat when others, you know, didn't get accepted at that school, didn't get that job offered. If we're secretly happy, that is not love, because we're delighting in the evil. And it says love does not delight in evil. So we cannot be happy when harm and hurt and pain is inflicted on others around us. We have to mourn with them and rejoice with them, right? You can't delight when they're they're uh uh weeping we can't do that. That is not how we show love. Love rejoices with the truth. Am I a truth bringer? Am I happy when the truth is present or do I like to live in lies, right? Love brings out the truth. Love rejoices with the truth. So it's important that we're always truthful in our relationships. We tell the truth. We re- rejoice in the truth, right? We don't lie to our to our our loved ones. We don't lie to anyone. We try to live a truthful life and we try to speak the truth, no matter how hard the truth might sound. Love protects. Am I concerned with the safety of others? Do I defend the poor, the weak, the the, um, the helpless, etc.? That's what it means to protect others. That's how we show love when we're concerned about the safety and the needs of others. Just don't protect your family. Just don't protect your friends. But no, protect those that you don't even know. That is who our neighbors are. If we see children suffering, we see homeless that are suffering. Do we care? Are we concerned? How do we show our concern? Do we just say, oh, I'm going to pray for you? Or do we actually put our concerns into action? You know, we have to find a way to show that we want to defend these people. Are we writing pro uh, letters to, to protest against child slavery, against child labor? Are we trying to give to the poor, to the starving kids in different continents, in Africa, in Asia? What are we doing to show that we want to protect the rights and the needs of others? Love always trusts. Am I able to believe others? Do I rely on others? Or do I have a heart that says, I don't trust anybody. I've been hurt so much that I can't trust anybody. That is not love. Because when you put a wall up, when you say that, I won't trust anybody. Yes, yes, I'm not denying your hurt. I'm not denying the the people that that um betrayed you. I'm not denying that. That does cause us to put up a wall. That does cause us to become defensive. But when we love, we have to trust. We have to be willing to rely on other people. God allowed us made us to be communal beings. God wants us to be communal beings. And how do you have a good community? You need trust. You need to believe in others. You need to rely and depend on others, on your family, on your friends, and even on your your other people that you don't, you know, don't just meet someone in the streets and say, oh, I automatically don't trust you. No, of course have a safe measure of safety for yourself, but then don't look at everyone with the eyes of, I don't trust you until you're proven trustworthy no give them trust until they prove that they're not trustworthy you know we have such a backwards mindset in the society people say that oh wow, unless you prove you're trustworthy then i'm not i'm never gonna trust you no it's not prove it's not guilty until proven not guilty it's guilt it's it's blameless until you're proven guilty you know we should go into it with, with the godly view because God requires us to do things opposite from this world. The world says that don't trust this person until they give you reason to trust them. But God says trust them until they give you reason not to trust them. And in the New Testament in Matthew, God says that if they slap you. You turn your other cheek and you allow them to slap your other cheek. If they ask for your jacket, you give them more than what they ask for. God requires us to do the opposite of what our enemies do to us. Is that hard? Of course. It's so hard. It's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. I'll be the first to tell you that it's easier said than done. But when we're children of God, we have to do the things that are common to our flesh. We have to do the things that our spirit desires, but the flesh is weak. (laughs) The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. (laughs) It's not willing to do those things, right? But we have to do that. That is how God says we need to show love to ourselves and to others around us and to him. Do we trust God or do we have a, a negative view of God that, oh, God, you I've been praying this prayer for 10 years and you still haven't answered me. I don't trust you anymore. No, we have to trust God despite what we see, despite how we feel. Love always hopes. Am I expecting of good things? Do I anticipate good things for others? Do I anticipate change for others? Or do I say that, oh, this person will never change. They've been like this forever. They're just an evil person. They're horrible. They'll never change. No. When we love others, we hope for the best. We hope for their change. We pray for them. We anticipate good. We hope for the future. We hope for better. That is what it means to love others. Love always perseveres. Am I willing to fight? Am I willing to not give up on people easily? That is how we show love. We persevere through the hard times. We fight despite how hard it might seem, but we keep on fighting and fighting and fighting. We don't give up on people. We persevere through the trials, right? In marriage, it says to, uh, "Till death do us part." That means that no matter what the circumstances are. I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to persevere. That is how we show love. We don't give up on each other easily because we're not pleased with each other's actions. We fight and we persevere. And then verse eight, love never fails. Am I willing to be successful despite the challenges? Because to fail means to be unsuccessful. When we have love, Love never fails. And we're willing to put that success in. We're willing to go through the trials, to go through the hardships in order to become successful because love never fails. We don't give up on each other. We're not quick to abandon one another, especially when they need us most, right? And let's jump to verse 13. And the three remain faith, hope, and love But the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest that God requires us to show to our neighbors, our brothers and sisters. And I really wanted to share this with you all because when I read this, this is a passage I've read thousands of times before, but I really just needed to break it down to ask myself these questions. Am I being kind to those? Am I envying people? Am I being boastful? Am I proud? Am I patient with others? Do I keep records of wrong? Am I easily angered? Do I delight in evil or do I rejoice with the truth? Do I protect? Do I trust? Do I hope? Do I persevere? Because these are how God shows us love and hopefully we can start to show others love just the same. Right? Let's not read scriptures and let it become so sweet and familiar that we don't think about it to the depth of how this should be thought. A scripture like this I've read millions of times, but never did I break it down to analyze myself amongst this uh, qualities that God says is how we possess love. And so, like verse 13 says, love is the greatest of these. Without love, we're nothing right it says on verse uh one if we can do all these things i'm only a resounding gong if i don't have love if i can speak in tongues if i can prophesy if i can do miracles and mysteries and have all the knowledge and wisdom of the world but if i don't have love i am nothing i gain nothing because love is the greatest of these all so brothers and sisters let's have love let's show love let's be love Let's be the love that Christ gave us and give it to the world, give it to others. Is it hard? Yes. Is it going to take work? Of course. But through Christ, we can do all things through him that strengthens us, right? And so we need to be love and to show love to those around us and to our neighbors and most importantly to ourselves and to God as well. Let's not forget those two. Okay, well, let's go ahead and close out in prayers. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your words today, God. We thank you for this gentle but strong reminder of what it means to love. What your love, first of all, is, God, because these are things that you give to us selflessly, Lord. You are the perfect love that is exemplified in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You are this love that genuinely has patience, kindness, and, and just puts us first. It's not easily angry with us. It's not keeping any records of wrongs. Lord, you are the selfless love. And Lord, we only hope to be a little bit like you, Lord Jesus Christ. To strive to become this love to the world. To strive to become this love to our neighbors and to ourselves. To help us, God, in the areas that we're weak. Help us, God, in the areas that we struggle and suffer with, Father God. Help change us, God, and help us to be more like you. It's in Jesus' most holy and powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. And like I said, y'all, like this love, we can only know how to give this love and to be like this love because of Christ. He is this perfect example of this love. And in order to become like this, we first need to have the love of God. And for some of you, for those of you maybe don't know God and maybe don't know God's love and have never experienced it. It's important that you give your life to Christ. That way you can receive that love. God is waiting for you and he wants to give you this love genuinely. But he requires you to first accept him as your Lord and Savior. And if you haven't done that, I would preach a prayer of salvation. If you want to give your life to Christ and be saved, it's so easy. It's all you have to do is believe in your heart and repeat after me. Just believe that God loves you. God wants to love you and he wants you to love others just as much as he loves you. And he wants you to become in his kingdom because as I said at the beginning, time is but a breath. We don't know when we're going to be here last. And it's important that we use our last days on earth, walking with Christ, loving like Christ, and doing what God has called us to do on this earth. And so if you haven't been saved, that would be the most important decisions you ever make in your life. So here's a prayer of salvation. All you have to do is believe in your heart that God is your Lord and Savior and he will receive you. And of course, you take the next step and you actually seek him, read your Bible, get in the community of believers and grow in your faith. So let's go ahead and read. Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing I have sinned. I repent of my sins. And confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that you raised him from the death. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you and to do your will it's in jesus name that i pray i believe and i receive the things i prayed this day in jesus name we pray amen 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 well thank you all again for joining me here today um yeah just so thankful again just hopefully that God really just works this word in our lives, you know, love is so important, and it's really important that we show this love to others, to ourselves, and to God, um, but anyways, I look forward to speaking with you all later, um, I'm looking at my calendar right now, because I've been off calendar, my next recorded date was supposed to be the 20th, but today's the 13th, and, um, I record, like, basically every two weeks, or every other week, um, so, stay tuned i guess <laughs> hopefully i can record on the 20th since i'll um, that'll be a good time so hopefully i will see you all next week on the 20th if not then please just bear with me i want to be consistent again and get back to my schedule and i know i've been off but just again please bear with me again i thank you all so much for joining me and for listening and just for being consistent and listening to my podcast i'm so grateful and just so thankful that god is using me as a vessel and I hope that he is doing the work in your lives because God is a good God and he works and he moves and he has our he has his being in each of us who are his beings um so yeah thank you again y'all I hope you all have a great rest of your day and a great weekend and then the month is also well in Jesus name we pray I'll talk to you all later bye